Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. I said good evening when I did that. Oh, good evening. All right, we'll stick with good evening then. Uh, this is Joe. And I'm Devin. And welcome back to your favorite podcast where we discuss uh, campy and obscure, underrated, and sometimes just terrible <laughs> horror movies. Is that what you're rating this one? Oh, yeah. We'll definitely get into this one. So this was Joe's pick. Mm-hmm. Also, welcome back post 50 nights, 50 frights. Yeah. I thought that was a lot of fun. Honestly, though, I was really excited. Me too. Getting back into like our regular list. And I didn't realize how much I missed it. But beforehand, like we don't tell each other the movies at all. Mm -hmm. And so it's like a surprise. Yeah. And with 50 Nights, like we knew the list of all of our movies since like before we even started doing it. Right. So every week we like knew what the game plan was mm -hmm. and what movie was coming up. And honestly, like it got a little boring. Yeah. Weirdly enough, picking like our favorite movies, just watching week after week. Um, I think part of the fun is diving into movies that we've never heard of or seen before. Yeah. And finding like the hidden gems or, you know, the turds of the bunch. So it, I love that Polished mystique. turds. Yeah. I love that mystique around it. Yeah. You know? Uh, so this week I chose a 2013 movie, I believe, called Devil's Pass. And as soon as Joe turned it on, I was like, are you kidding me? Another found footage. And he uh, had, had no, no idea. I didn't. The rest of my movies, the ones that I pick, I'm going in knowing as little as possible. Yeah. Now, for myself, I fell in love with the idea of this movie because I love anything supernatural, any kind of like mysteries or anything like that. You know, UFOs, folklore tales, unexplained phenomena, I love. And so I kind of thought this movie was mo mainly going to be about um, the Datlov Pass incident from 1959 in Russia. Is that how you say it? I don't know. I feel like I should look up a I mean, pronunciation. I feel like maybe every time we say it, we're going to have to say Datlov Pass. That works. Sure. Um, no, I think that's right. Yeah, love. Um, Dat love. Dat love pass. Okay. <laughs> so we could get into the specifics of this incident as well, but like the general description of it was, uh, I believe in 1959, there were nine hikers and they, uh, they were found dead pretty much in this mountain of like Northern Russia. But the interesting thing is, how they were found, uh, like some of their tents looked like they were torn from like the inside of the tent. A couple of the bodies were found near this creek and they were like partially naked. Um, some of them had eyes and tongues removed. Some had broken bones and crushed skulls, but no bruising or like open flesh, I guess, you know? Yeah. Um, there's a guy who was found with a high amount of radiation on just him and no one else. There, there wasn't really evidence of like a massive avalanche. There's so many like mysteries wrapped in mysteries in this. And I, I am so attracted to the unknown of it all. That was a very good recap because that's what I was trying to find <laughs> online because during the movie, I found like the perfect snippet to read and completely lost it on my tabs. <laughs> but that's fine because you did a very good job of explaining it. Oh, thank and you. I was going to say that I actually like just learned about this incident around like six months ago, I want to say. Um, I found like a Reddit thread and I actually read about the Korovina group incident first. Have you ever heard of that? That sounds familiar. It's like a group of hikers also in Russia and they were like mm. bleeding from their eyes and like foaming at the mouth and someone had a heart attack hmm. and 
I honestly found that one a little bit more scary. Okay. Or like unsettling than um, Dyatlov, but maybe that's just because I read about them in like reverse order. Right, I feel right. like most people know about Dyatlov Pass. So I was very excited when I saw that that's what this was based on. So basically there's a film crew or two students, Jensen and Holly, and they decide to make a film together like regarding the incident and like a little documentary revisiting the site 53 years later. Right. Yeah, and right off the bat, you get, first of all, the most annoying thing about this movie is Jensen is slamming his space bar on on the keyboard to pause and play footage. It was so annoying, and I wanted to reach through the screen and strangle him. Okay, did he have an accent? Yes. Wait, yes and no. <laughs> Same with Holly. Yeah, they it, bo- like, it was- appeared and disappeared, like, multiple times throughout the movie. And was it just me, or did he kind of look like, in the beginning when he's, like, in the office, did he kind of look like James McAvoy a little bit? I could see that, but not later on. Like, no, when no, no, we definitely first not saw later. him, yeah. Right. Oh, I guess we should back up a little bit real quick. So the movie's almost two hours long, and you can find this on Tubi. So after you know, after this episode, if if you're interested, if you want to like check it out, then by all means go for it. Um, but we watched this through Tubi. Uh, just be aware, there's not many pockets of commercials and ads, but when they do come up, it's like a full five minutes each. Can't beat that free movie though. Yeah. So they decide to make this film together and they interview a psychologist at the school and she explains some possible theories behind the incident like hypothermia and paradoxical undressing, um, which is the thing that actually happens, mm-hmm. or an avalanche. And every time that she explains a theory, that's when Jensen aggressively slaps his space bar and is like, hypothermia, likely story. Yeah, he comes off as very, uh, what's the term? Um, Pompous? Well, that, but, um, oh my God, I'm having a brain fart. Oh, like a conspiracy Conspiracy theorist. Yes, yeah. So they decide to travel from Oregon to Russia to do this hike and to revisit the past site. Mm -hmm. Jensen is, like we said, very sassy. Um, Denise is the (laughs) camera woman and Andy and JP are the climbers. And there's some weird, like, fourth wall breaking with Jensen watching and commenting on his own footage. Like, Mm -hmm. they have footage of them introducing, like, Denise and JP and Andy, and then, like, Jensen comments on that. Yeah, there's a couple parts, especially towards the end, where I got lost pretty easily and confused and felt like there was a little too much story or information that was not needed so it was a little hard to follow yeah and i honestly feel like it could have been really good um (laughs) i you you guys can kind of tell where where this episode's gonna go um there there's gonna be a lot of beats where uh we don't mean to to trash on it and I'll, I'll try and get on the on the positives as as we go as well. And actually, I'll start with one now. This no. kind of has the same formula in a way as Ganjiam. Yeah. You have the obsessive leader who, you know, has blinders on and like wants to get the shot, so to speak. Um, you have the the crew or the group of guys. Obviously, it's found footage. You're going into like an isolated place. Honestly, rewatching Blair Witch so recently, like I feel like that's just a straight up formula for like any found footage mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. But agreed. And I honestly do not think that it's that bad. Um, we'll get to it. <laughs> so all of a sudden it cuts from like their footage to a Russian news report that says five Americans disappeared in the Ural Mountains. And some, like, ancient alien-type Russians that are speculating, like, mystic causes, like aliens or Yeti. Like, honestly, I expected their hair to be huge, like the aliens guy. Right. (laughs) 
And then they say that Russian investigators found camera footage and a group of hackers released it to the public. Then it cuts back to a month earlier. Assumingly, we're watching the footage that the hackers released. Now, see, I like the idea of the footage like being released, but I wish that all happened at the very end of the movie. Oh, I was going to say I wish that happened at the beginning because it would have made sense to set it up of like, here's what we found. You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand that. I would have preferred if it was at the very end. Um, Because, I mean, usually with the found footage, you kind of go in with the expectation of they're all going to die. But here they show their pictures and clearly you know that no one made it. But I can appreciate that even in Russia, the news anchor has the same tone and inflection as any other news anchor around the world. It was just funny hearing it in Russian. Yeah, what is that tone called? Like, what is that accent called that news anchors really value? Uh, is there a name for it? Yes. It was dubbed the Mid-Atlantic accent. That's funny. When you asked that question, the first thing that came to mind is the transatlantic accent, which is the old, like, yeah, like 20s the- and 30s. Yeah, she. Yeah. Well, yeah, you get it. I get it because you do that voice all the time. (laughs) So we see that their footage has been released to the public and there's like a little bit of a snippet of Jensen and Holly together and she's crying about having opened some kind of door and that the evil followed her out and they're going to be stuck there forever and die. Mm Mm-hmm. And then it cuts back to their regular footage. So they go to Russia and they want to interview this guy named Peter Karoff, which is apparently the 10th member from the Dyatlov Pass incident, who got sick on the first day and turned around and then went insane. And they are interviewing some like workers at this, I don't know what you would call it, like hospital aging care facility i guess if that i'm trying to be sensitive i guess (laughs) (laughs) so they're like he died and then they pan up to like a third floor window and there's this little old guy and he's holding up a sign in russian and then like two guards pull him away from the window Mm -hmm. and so they're all like i think that might have been the guy but nobody knows russian so they can't like translate that's Which, another thing okay so of all countries russia that's at the top of the list of countries to be careful and weary and maybe not even visit right. but if you go they didn't even have a translator or someone who understood any russian at all yeah so i make a point of that later in my notes because they're like i thought that jp and andy were like mildly experienced climbers which i was later wrong about because jp does say that he hiked the himalayan mountains right um But I was like, they took two mildly experienced hikers and three (laughs) complete novices. And they're like, yeah, let's go hike this deadly mountain in the middle of like Russian winter. That checks out. Right. So they go to a bar and they find this guy who will take them to Vichay, I believe it's called. And his name is Sergey. And Sergey translates <laughs> Peter's note. Sergey. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it says, stay away. Oh, rewind. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. There's little tidbits here that I love throughout the movie. One of them is when they're at the bar, um, the Jensen, I think, is like, hey, we're young, attractive people who are in need of a drink or some bullshit like that. And they mention they're going somewhere, and then the bartender catches, he's like, where are you going? And he pulls out this, like, clear bottle, and he pours all the Americans' shots, and they take it. And then it's revealed that that's the same drink that the original crew in 1959 had before they died. And then here's where the terrible writing and acting comes into play, where they're like, well, that's not ominous, is it? That's not a bad sign. And they're all just kind of staring at each other a little bit. And it's cringy. But I love that was worked into the movie. A constant, like, past and present clashing. Yeah. Which comes into play later. 
So after the bar, Sergey takes them to Vichet and they're at his aunt's house. And he reveals that his aunt was one of the first of the rescue team to be on the scene at Dyatlov um, Mm -hmm. back in 1959, was it? 1959? Yeah. And she says, basically, the vibes were off. (laughs) It's like, this place has bad bad vibes. (laughs) No cap. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then she says that they found two other bodies and a machine in the snow. And... So her math checks out to 11 bodies total, not nine. And Holly's like, "Mm, are you a crazy old lady or are you telling the (laughs) truth? And she's like, no, I was telling the truth. Are you going to believe the government? Are you going to believe your own eyes? And then she's like, I believe this old lady. And And then Jensen changes his tone to aliens I thought at this point that maybe it's the devil because title of the movie is The Devil's Past. So I thought maybe we're going to get demonic here and there was like a door that was going to open like a portal to hell. And my thoughts exactly. Yeah. Uh, Which I was on board with. I was kind of. I know. No, no devil, though. No. And we've got some camera interference and howling in the distance. They are now hiking on the mountain, by the way. And it's their first night at camp, and Jensen is looking off into the sky because there were reports of orange lights in the sky in the weeks leading up to the incident. Mm -hmm. And he's just checking it out, seeing if there's aliens. When they wake up, they find footprints that are very big, and they're near the rocks between the tents. And the footprints are clearly human and barefoot, but Holly is claiming a bear or a snow lion, I think she said. A uh, snow tiger. A snow tiger. <laughs> and there's no tracks leading in or out of the camp. It's like they plopped down from the sky, walked around a bit, and then left. Mm-hmm. And Denise, JP, and Andy believe that Holly and Jensen are like fucking with them and that they planted the footprints and right. that it's just an elaborate joke to like make their movie. They hear more of the same weird noises with the camera interference on their hike to the site. And they find more of the same footprints that's near a weather tower. And it's this like dilapidated tower in the middle of nowhere. And it's like wooden. It's all snowed in. And Holly decides to like climb up there and she opens it and there's a tongue, like a severed tongue and then she like falls backwards off the tower and like walks it off like falling from that height was nothing a <laughs> yeah and then b everybody else is just like not worried about it really like yeah it didn't really phase them at all but i i thought it was a, a nice little nod because that uh at least one person in the incident that happened like in real life yeah the tongue was missing from their yeah that's you know. immediately what i thought of too so i love how they sprinkled like you know facts that have happened yeah in, in through this movie oh before holly like flies backwards off this ladder she just goes what the and that's it <laughs> to give you a little insight into the writing of this movie i think your acting was a little better than oh thank you than what was portrayed in the movie <laughs> so jensen confesses to holly that he had <laughs> A bad acid trip in high school where he heard the same noises that they've been hearing in the mountains. And then the cops picked him up and he was screaming about demons. So I was like, more evidence for demons, right? Right. And then Holly says that she used to have a dream about this same exact mountain pass, except for there's a random door in the mountains and she doesn't want to open the door, but she feels like she has to. So she does. And it's just an all consuming blackness and it's not a good thing. And then she would wake up and like have panic attacks. And then her parents took her to a psychiatrist and they put her on all these drugs and they didn't work. And then all of a sudden she finds this Diot Love Pass incident on a news report on TV one day. And then she's like, I have to go there because that's the mountains that I've been dreaming of. So (laughs) you want to know what I thought of when she said all this? Yes. What the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) I was so 
lost. It's like how the how does this progress the movie? What like what Jensen, are you talking about? Jensen just stares back at her and he's like, "What the fuck?" And on top of this, there's this weird like love triangle. Oh my god! Or, yeah. Wait, it, we're gonna get to it. I, <laughs> I think that honestly. <laughs> I would like the movie so much better if that whole love triangle was just cut out. Mm-hmm. I think, honestly, that's the worst part of it. Um, obviously, this is the best idea ever for Holly to go to this mountain pass that <laughs> she's having uh, nightmares about since she was a child. And very suddenly in the background, there are two creatures that are walking like behind the group. It looks like they're white. Mm-hmm. Um, and Joe and I rewound it because it's very subtle. Like I said, it's hard to see. Right. And it looks like people and they're walking on all fours. Kind of, yeah, they're definitely like hunched over. Yeah. And it's maybe two seconds, if that. I liked that. It was a nice yeah. touch. So I think after we saw that, I kind of switched my tone to like, okay, this is going to be some kind of creature movie. Mm. Because that didn't seem very like, demonic i guess right anywho they get to the site exactly on the 53rd anniversary and they spray paint red body outlines on the snow and set up photos on sticks to describe all the deaths and like the bodies and i feel like that was a little insensitive oh really i don't know i guess so oh i i viewed it as helpful because that's where the bodies were were found so you had a good visual representation of okay these three bodies were near the creek these two were up on the hill these two were on the campfire like agreed i don't know it feels like people who are very obsessed with true crime like oh it definitely that kind of it did come across like that so andy's gps is not working it's a special gps on his phone so it's weird that it's not working and then jp's compass is all whacked out and JP, Denise, and Andy don't want to camp at the site, and Holly says, I think we can make it one night, which is like... <laughs> the, those, for, the foreshadowing you like don't want to hear. Like, those hikers only camp there one night, and they all died. Yeah, and they set up camp in this same exact spot as yeah. the previous uh, group. So, back on the relationship dynamic, because... Jensen says that everyone thinks that he's dating Holly, which is not true. Jensen has a crush on Denise, which is very clear from the very beginning of the movie because he zooms in on her boobs. And then Denise is crushing on Andy and Holly is crushing on JP, but also simultaneously crushing on Jensen. What's that? Have you seen The Wedding Singer with Adam Sandler? No. Oh man, there's this, I forget what song it is, but they sing it where it's like, he loves her and she loves somebody else, but he's in love with her. And that's what it reminded me of. Just like this whole weird, wacky chain of like people crushing on each other. It felt like a major point of the movie. Yeah. When they first brought it up, I was like, oh, okay, shit's going to happen between people alone on a mountain, whatever. Like, but then- it kept popping up in the movie, so then I thought, oh, okay, this is going to come into play towards the end and, you know, be a big plot device or something, and it it wasn't. It didn't lead to anything. Agreed. I thought that um, it was just going to kind of be in the background of, like, some light flirtation, but there was, like, all-out arguments over Denise, and, like, anytime there was any downtime, someone was commenting on who was flirting with who. Yeah. I felt bad for Denise. Like, I felt like they were talking about her in front of her. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then also Jensen is, like, weirdly possessive of Denise when, like, Denise never even gave him the time of day. Yeah. He was just like, oh, she's mine because she's the camera woman. I don't know. Yeah. Everyone was super fucking weird in this movie. I mean, <laughs> I, I think Denise was actually the <laughs> was the most like sane, normal one there. Everyone else seemed like, I guess you could say quirky in their own little way, but. Yeah. I honestly thought she was going to be a lesbian at the beginning. 
Oh, okay. Because she showed up in like a like wife beater tank top, and they were like, Denise was the only one strong enough to carry all the camera equipment, and she's like bench pressing the camera oh. equipment, and I was like, yes, get it. <laughs> uh, but no, very straight. They find an area that looks like there may have been people camping there recently. Um, they're going around the campsite checking for radiation in the area uh, because, you know, one of the people that was found in 1958, nine, <laughs> <laughs> had abnormal amounts of radiation. Mm-hmm. So they're checking on this meter and Holly goes, it's nothing dangerous, but it's more than we should be seeing. And then she goes, let's check it out with no radiation protection whatsoever. I know, right? So they're checking out this area that it looks like people may have been camping in recently, and Holly says she doesn't think that it's a rock. It's not just a boulder. It's a rock. It's a rock. (laughs) (laughs) So she like busts her hand through the snow, and it's hollow inside. It's not a rock, and the snow is covering a giant door. And it locks from the outside, and it has this big old wheel, and it's like a bunker door, like a like a submarine door. Mm-hmm. And it's just built <laughs> into the side of the mountain. This felt like a fucking Twilight Zone episode. Hikers in the middle of the wilderness finding a door in the ground. I'm like, yeah. I, that's I love. Let's run with that concept. That's no, great. agreed. Like I loved it. It felt very like Grave Encounters to me. Yeah. Um, and it does get like that a little bit. Um, later on too Mm -hmm. but they try to open it well first of all they have an argument about whether or not they should open it and Holly is like I've dreamt of this door when I was a little girl we need to open it (laughs) some bullshit and then Jensen says that it's keeping something in if it locks from the outside and the Russian government has spent a lot of time building a door to the side of the mountain to keep whatever it is inside but they try to open it anyway. The door's already open, but it's frozen shut. And Holly doesn't want to tell the others to freak them out even more. So they're just going to deal with it in the morning and try to pour some like hot water over it. This will be future me's problem. Right. And then they sit around a campfire. Denise and Andy go have a trail hookup. Is that what they call it? I think so, yeah. And Jensen's like, what's that? Which... Can you put two and two together? Like, read Jesus the, Christ. Read the room, Jensen. <laughs> this campfire scene was the most cringiest scene it took in forever. the whole movie. I understand that they were trying to go for like two people having a conversation and then a third person comes in and then everyone's kind of quiet and then the third person realizes, oh, I made this weird and then he leaves. It was still weird. They made it so long. So Denise and Andy go into a tent together mm-hmm. and then JP explains that he does this like all the time on trails and that he like hooks up with girls and then he films them, which I'm like, mm, okay, is this consensual filming or is it non-consensual filming? Right. Even Holly goes like, oh, Denise, no, but then makes no move to like go warn her that she maybe like filmed without her consent. I don't know. Then... Holly and JP are like drinking and then that's when that whole like awkward situation happens where Jensen's kind of third wheeling Mm -hmm. and then Jensen decides he should leave and go get some sleep so he goes into his tent and then I think all of a sudden Holly just stands up and is like do you want something warm to snuggle with yeah I was very confused about that she she moved really fast and she didn't seem like the person who would do that she seemed like the person who would be obsessed with like the story and filming. And then JP's like, uh, okay. Yeah, is that a viable pickup line? No, not really. I didn't think so either. I wouldn't think so. I don't know. Well, and then like the beginning of the movie, it seemed like JP and Andy are, were like bros. Because they do a couple things where they're like, they, I think one of them literally says, all right, bro. Uh, and they like fist bump or whatever. But then as the movie progressed, JP seemed like a sane, normal guy who was like, oh, okay, you know, he he wants to experience, you know, things in life because there's only one life to live. And even at the campfire, Holly comes up and she's like, what are you reading? And then he's like, Slaughterhouse Five. And she seemed very impressed by that. And 
you get the idea that he's a little more deep than you would think a bro would be. And then immediately she's like, let's hook up. And then he stands up. He's like, okie dokie. <laughs> I think it was the Slaughterhouse Five. I think that's what did it in. That's all it took? I don't know. Like, Holly, come on. The female gaze, man. <laughs> what what book would it take for you? <laughs> <laughs> um, There's no way I would see someone reading Slaughterhouse Five and be like, yep. Uh, like, honestly, n- no, just like Joe's giving me like a look. No, just like reading, I think. Oh, in general? Yeah. Okay. Like a book? Yes. I mean, as opposed to like, the back of a cereal box or something. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I mean, it would be cool if like they were reading what I would read. I mean, Twilight. I made me like another like, did you just say Twilight? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What book would it take for you? Um, Mouse. <laughs> Do you not know what mouse oh, is? Oh, okay. Uh, it's a joke. I'm not... No, I get it. Uh, okay, all right. Let's continue, please. So <laughs> everybody's like in their respective tents. And then we get a POV shot of Andy and he wakes up at like 6 a.m. And he's like, time to meet Denise. Yeah. What a what a bro. <laughs> so he like wakes her up to have sex again and film her. Obviously, she does realize that a camera is rolling, by the way. If anyone was curious, and there's loud bangs outside. Hey, <laughs> they these sounded pretty creepy. Yes, the the audio for this was really well done. It it was yeah, a little yeah. unsettling. So they like grab their shit really fast and they leave the tent, and up the top of the mountain you can see what looks like are explosions, and then all of a sudden there's an avalanche. And then, like, from this point on in the movie, it just gets fucking wild. Mm -hmm. So Denise gets blown out of the way, and her face hits the camera in a very corny, very, like, (laughs) 3D horror movie kind of way. Yeah. Which was just, like, really not good. They show her face hitting the camera, and it, like, shatters and cracks and whatever. Somebody had to have found that camera buried in the snow in order for the hackers to- To get that shot. Yeah. Yeah. So then Andy gets seriously injured as well, and Jensen and JP are arguing. Jensen says that the Russian government is trying to kill them. Jensen is just like, this was an avalanche, and Denise is gone. And then Jensen and Andy are, like, arguing over Denise. Again. Yeah, Jensen was like, she was just a trail hookup to you. And it's like, what was she to you, bro? Mm -hmm. Like, you guys didn't even talk. I don't know what kind of like claim you have over. I just thought of Twilight when he goes, or uh, <laughs> when Bella in the fourth Twilight goes like, you have some woofy claim over her. <laughs> anyway, that was my Twilight. I want to know what the purpose of bringing the relationship into this was. Like, was it to serve the purpose of us caring more about these characters? Um, honestly, was it like just drama to keep us entertained until the real shit started happening? Maybe. Honestly, I did not care that any, like, I I didn't care that she died. Yeah, I would have been happy with, like, just alien talk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I think that this is, like, the first, um, found footage that we've watched that has some kind of like romance aspect to it. No, Hell House LLC had the two oh, that that couple dating. You're right. I forgot about Hell House. But no dogs die in this movie, so for you animal lovers out there, you're good to go on this oh, one. Oh yeah, we were a little concerned. Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently we have a track record. Yeah. Um a dog track record. So they have to reset Andy's legs and his bone is like sticking out of his leg mm-hmm. and i turned to joe when we were watching it and i was like i don't think that you can set someone's bone back inside their body when it's like sticking out like that yeah with a compound fracture i feel like you would have to pull the bone like back into the leg to reset it but they did it somehow on a mountain i don't know <laughs> but they did it and 
Andy's being very sensitive about being filmed like this when he films all of his trail hookups, which I thought was very ironic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then best line in the movie, Jensen says, I paid for the international plan. <laughs> yeah, with the phone, with his satellite phone. <laughs> He's trying to get a call through and JP's like, you're a fucking idiot, it's not working. They shoot up a flare and then Jensen goes, huh, orange lights in the sky. Right there. Small, little, brilliant moment. Yes, I loved it. Then, that was like some grieve encounter shit because it's like, oh, it's all coming together. Yeah, and then you're thinking, oh, because there's a couple different times, I believe, where they talked about the group in 1959 and other people around that area seeing orange lights in the sky, mm-hmm. which if you go through the Wikipedia page, people actually saw <clears throat> orange lights those weeks before the the incident. Right. At this point, JP says to Heather, you followed a step-by-step plan that killed nine people. What did you expect? And I'm like, yes. Finally, someone speaking some sense into this movie. Yes, uh, but her name's Holly. Who did I say, Heather? Heather, from um, Blair, Blair Witch Project. Witch Project. <laughs> so there are two Russian guys that are coming up the pass, and they're like, hey, we saw flares, and then... <laughs> Can you say it in a Russian accent? No. Why don't you do that? Hey, we saw flares. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, A plus. Thank you, my little butter dish. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I have that on audio. <laughs> Forever keeping that. I'm going to make that your ringtone. Okay. So, <laughs> this does a 180 so quickly, my neck fucking hurts. They're like, oh my God, yay, we need help. And then Andy goes, fuck those guys. They're like Russian spies. They don't have any backpacks. How do they get here so fast? They're not here to help us. That makes sense. And then Jensen, JP, and Holly are all like, yes, you're right. And then, you know, Andy can't move because both his legs are broken. So he's like, give me the flare gun. So they give him the flare gun and then they start running. And as soon as they start running, um, the Russians start shooting. And then Andy fires the flare gun at them, but they shoot him. JP gets shot, and they manage to open the door to the bunker, which is conveniently nearby, and Mm -hmm. then the Russians lock the three of them inside. Rewind a little bit. I thought there was going to be a time warp here because of the two Russians coming up because I remembered Sergei's aunt being like, oh, we found two more bodies. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if there's going to be like a weird... Yeah. time jump where these two are like stuck in a time vortex i don't know right. like nice some kind of like repeating you know ghostly energy or something right i don't know they find like a power switch which they turn on and jp is bleeding pretty badly and the inside of the bunker is like a an extremely long tunnel and they hear these pops down the tunnel and the lights turn out And Holly screams. She says that something grabbed her, but there's nothing there that we can see. Like, there's um, night vision on the camera. Every found footage needs night vision. Yes. (laughs) So they go down a different hallway because there's, I guess, multiple tunnels. Mm -hmm. And they find a lab there. And it's just like mad scientist energy. Like, (laughs) a weird electricity zapping everywhere, and there's a locked chain fence surrounding the whole lab area. Very Nazi zombie, like, um... Yes. Call of Duty. It does look like that, yeah. It was freaky. (laughs) Which is funny, because this kind of reminded me of that, um, Nazi Snow... What's that movie? That shitty movie. Uh, there's two. One is less shitty, and we own it, but there is, um... Oh my god. Yeah, it's like dark snow or blood snow. But the one that we own is called Overlord or Overload. Or Overlord? Yeah. Overlord. Dead Snow? Dead Snow. Is that what it. it is? Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah. Yeah, that setting was very reminiscent of that. So Jensen finds an opening in the lab, um, and it has a logbook of soldiers. 
or officers, I guess, with um, killed in action stamped across their photos. So it's almost like um, that scene in Incredibles where Mr. Incredible finds like the computer <laughs> and it has like terminated on all the superheroes. Right. So they're like looking through that book. And then it also has uh, photos from the USS Elridge, um, the Philadelphia experiment. And then. Mm-hmm. It, the movie starts going on this like whole fucking tangent here about the Philadelphia experiment, and I'm like, wait a minute! Like I thought we were talking about the Dyatlov Pass incident. Right. Like now we're talking about the Philadelphia experiment. I don't even know what the fuck this is. I Wikipedia'd it very quickly, and there was like nothing to report on it. Basically, the movie covers it. Um, but pretty much, yeah. I mean, the the Wikipedia page says that it was all made out to be like a hoax. Apparently, it was like a teleportation experiment. The photos show soldiers that were literally like fused into the ship and they were experimenting with time travel. Right. So JP can't move anymore, which means Jensen and Holly need to soldier onward. And Jensen picks out like a nuclear power cell out of nowhere. Like there's just like a nuclear like, you know, sign on the wall like i don't know what is that an icon i guess yeah just a yeah a sign and he's like oh that must be a nuclear power plant good job sherlock <laughs> like what the fuck and like this is when he starts pulling all this like useless knowledge out of his head and i'm like where did this even come from i don't even know what this kid majors in like he's in love with his camera <laughs> he named it lucille or whatever oh right? yeah and obviously he's an expert in nuclear power so obviously there is another bunker door that leads like further into the facility mm-hmm. and there's a military soldier who's like all bloody and mutilated. Holly checks his mouth and his tongue is missing, which they put two and two together. It's the tongue from the weather tower. They speculate that the soldier came back to check to make sure that there was still a secret to keep that part in quotations because Holly says that exactly. And that when he was checking to make sure that there was still secret information mm-hmm. in this fucking lab, that he let something out. And Jensen says that it wasn't a lab, but it was an execution chamber, and that the skeletons don't look right, but their IDs match the book from out in the lab. And the skeletons are like fused together, like kind of like the thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a pile of like carcasses or bones. There even was one where it had two heads on like one body and it looked like it was kind of charred a little bit, I want to say. I mean, they were burnt, so yeah. But then in the middle of the body, there's a perfectly fine piece of paper with a picture on it. Yeah. I didn't get that part. Perfectly intact, like ID cards. And they were like, they pulled them out of like the rib cages and they were like, oh, these are these people from the book. I love how convenient everything is at the end of this movie. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Literally, my next note, JP is missing and things are rattling around. They find JP's camera very conveniently placed <laughs> right on the table next to where he was sitting. Uh, when they rewind the footage, it's like a camera inception where it's a third person view of them rewinding the footage of like them standing there rewinding it. Right. Yeah. A camera recording you holding the camera, recording you holding the camera. Yeah. So then Jensen starts bringing up the Philadelphia experiment again, and he rattles on for like 10 fucking minutes about, I don't even know what, like I have no idea what he was even saying here. (laughs) (laughs) I think the most real part of this movie is him being portrayed as a conspiracy theorist, just rattling on and on about all these things that you're just like, what the fuck are you talking about? I know, about, like dude? you let him go on long enough and like you just, it's like you're losing brain cells. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he references the Philadelphia experiment again. He references time travel. Mm-hmm. And then he says that all the people left over from the experiment, the ones that weren't fused to the fucking ship walls, were forever changed. And they went insane. Yeah. I, think he said. I don't know. It made it seem like he was insinuating that they became monsters. We're just as lost as you folks are right now listening to this. <laughs> I thought he was going to say, like, the people from the Philadelphia experiment were the ones inside this lab and they went fucking nuts or, you know, creature crazy. I got lost and started thinking of Stranger Things. 
Oh, I, like this was very like descent-ish to me. Like the creatures. Yeah, at this part. Yeah. I don't know. It was like a mishmash of like 20 different movies, which I guess is any movie really. They hear JP scream and the monsters are like howling. And this is the first time that we see the monsters up close. They do kind of look like the descent creatures. They eat JP and they move very sporadically. And this isn't helped by the fact that the camera yeah. has like interference every time that they are on screen. And they're running around. So the camera's all shaky and stuff as right. well. Right. So the camera's shaking. It's getting that like interference. So it's choppy. And they're mostly CGI. Their jaws like unhinge and their backs bend. And can we talk about the CGI? Uh, yeah, it wasn't that great. It's okay. This is a perfectly good example of less is more. When you first see them, they're kind of like you said, they're like jumping around a little bit. It yeah. looks really cool. And then once they got up close, and it wasn't even because there's stuff where you can see up close and it still kind of freaks you out, but. They would get up close and like there's a shot where one of them was holding up Jensen and the shot was it was held there for a good five, ten seconds. And it just it I know there wasn't a lot of money put into this movie, but the CG was really bad for the creatures. It looked like um in the very beginning of Saturday morning mystery when that CG thing was like crawling on the ceiling and Velma whatever the fuck her name was, was like, oh, this is a projection. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's why it looks shitty. Okay, right. I buy that. Yeah, but no, yeah. these were uh, these were the monsters. <laughs> Agreed. Like, I think that if they stayed at kind of a distance, it would be scarier. yeah. Yeah. Holly makes them dust away by, like, lassoing a chain at them. This just, like, gets really ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Each time that they show the creature, they never like move fluidly, like I said, and it seems like there's two creatures, but then at some points it seems like they're multiplying, but I don't, mm -hmm. I think there were only ever two. It just seemed like there was more they're like because they were, yeah, they were like teleporting. Yeah. I mean, I gathered that they were teleporting before the movie regurgitated that exposition at me, um, which is what happens next. They escape the creatures and they're confused as to why they let them go. They're in some weird portal room that the creatures don't want to go in. And Holly chucks a rock and it's some, <laughs> my note says, wibbly, wobbly, timey, wimey thing. <laughs> it's just like a weird portal that glows. And Jensen looks at it and says, that makes sense. That fucking dude. The gall of this guy. This <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know if they like tested this movie or not but i want to see the audience reaction of just like sitting there not knowing what the heck is going on and then mm -hmm. all of a sudden when the character goes that makes sense and you're like no it doesn't right does yeah, that make so, sense yeah so at this point holly is obviously freaking out and disheveled there's a door pretty much they think leading outside and they come to the conclusion that they can either go outside. Wait, you mean the portal or the... One end, there's a portal, and the other end, there's a door. Oh, yeah. Well, the and... door leads back to where they just were, which is where the creatures are. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I was a little confused with the whole running around thing. But yeah. Yeah. That, either... that was the door that they just came through. Oh, okay. So it's either go back to the creatures or risk jumping into this Stargate-looking thing. Which is... I think I said that when we were watching, and I was like, well... It could honestly be a lot worse. Like, you know what you're getting if you give yourself up to those creatures, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know you're going to be eaten, but mm -hmm. you're going to die. But there could be something worse on the other side of that portal. <laughs> yeah. So there's some drawings near the portal. And Jensen says that there could be more portals around the whole world that could explain more supernatural happenings, like the Mothman. <laughs> oh, my God. Give this guy a tin hat. Seriously. <laughs> So we finally loop back to the beginning scene of Holly crying about opening the door. And then they get up and theorize that because the portal has no controls, then they can picture a place clear in their mind's eye and go through the portal and end up. <laughs> How is this the first thing their mind goes to? It's like, well, there's no buttons. That must mean if we think of a place real hard, we'll get there. And what do they think of? Snow outside. Uh, yeah. So like they decide that um, they, they theorize 
<laughs> that they should think of a place that is very easy to picture, um, that they know a lot of details about, and mm-hmm. that is fresh in their memory. And Holly picks <laughs> the outside of the fucking oh door. You can't think of a... Oh, my God. You... Okay, they're college students. They have been in their dorm for I semesters. Was of Hauser Hall in the beginning of the movie. Like JP Hauser. If they I, should have If I Hauser was at a Hall. mountain for one day, I wouldn't remember like a specific part of the mountain. I would remember like my dorm room in okay. a place that I spent years. So here's the thing. I knew that Holly was gonna say this because when they get to the pass site. She's like, this is it. I've seen so many photos of it. I've seen this like in my dreams. I've known this place my whole life. I know that this is it. And like their GPS doesn't alert them that they've reached the site. So, you know, we're relying on Holly's memory. And she's right about it, Mm -hmm. which I think JP is like, oh, that's lucky that you recognized it. So I knew that she was going to say this, but it's the stupidest fucking thing ever. Like, you can't imagine your own home, like you're saying. Like, at you this, can't imagine your bed. Yeah, at this point of the movie, I told Devin it would be hilarious if she pictured the mountain and then Jensen was like, yeah, there's a part where she's like, they hold hands and she's like, okay, we'll do this together. Don't don't let go of my hand. He's like, yeah, sure. How hilarious would it have been if she thought of the mountainside and he thought of like his dorm room or like some beach somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh so they go through the portal and as soon as they went through, I was so excited. Yeah. I, honestly, only redeeming quality of the whole movie right here is mm-hmm. they end up in the snow and you don't really see their faces or anything, just their bodies and then you see two other people kind of coming over the bend and it's all snowy and they're outside this bunker door. Yeah. And I'm like they're back in 1959. They're the two extra mm-hmm. bodies. Yeah, you called it. And that was Sergey's aunt coming around the pass, and she sees them, and the machine lying in the snow was the camcorder. Clever. Yeah. I really liked this. And earlier, I uh, I mean, we'll, we'll get to this probably next, but earlier I predicted the two creatures that were chasing them were the two extra people in the original group. Okay. So then when this happened, I was like, oh shit, I was wrong. But not quite. (laughs) So the Russians drag them inside the bunker and kind of shoo away Sergei's aunt and this other uh, rescue nurse. And- Shoo, shoo, yet, They pick up the camcorder and bring them back inside the bunker. They take them to the lab and they're like, oh, these guys are just like the others. And they like hang up the bodies and the camcorders obviously conveniently placed on a table where we can see them being strung up and their bodies are all like alienified, I Mm -hmm. guess is the only way to say it. And uh, they're still alive and they're all like set, like they've turned into the creatures basically. They they are Mm -hmm. the creatures. That they were fighting. So do you think the transportation transformed them? Yes. Into the... Okay. It was pretty crazy, too, because they hung them up on, like, meat hooks. Yeah. And they were just swinging back and forth, and then the soldiers leave. And then one soldier is like, I do not like this place. It is creepy. And the creatures, then and now, Jensen and Holly, they're just kind of looking around. And then it zooms in on... Apparently, Holly had a tattoo on... Her neck that I missed the entire movie. Um, they make a comment about it in the very beginning. I think Andy or JP comments on it, and they're like, "Oh, did that hurt?" And she's like, "Oh my god, so bad." And I'm like, "It's a fucking I, tiny tattoo." I must have, <laughs> I must have missed that part. But I think that's it. That's what we end on, right? Yep, that's it. So the funny thing is, after that, there's some text that comes up on the screen, and it says. As of 2013, the mystery is still unsolved. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, earlier this year, the mystery is technically solved. There was like another. Oh, I read about that. Yeah, there was another investigation put out, I think, in 2015. And it was ruled that it was an avalanche that killed all these people. But there's still some things that don't really add up where people still disagree that 
it was not an avalanche. Something really fucking weird like, happened. I think they said like the weight of the snow on like the tents or something could have broken ribs or yeah. I it, don't. I remember reading about it. Yeah, I don't remember all the specifics. There's a couple like the tents still had what looked like it being broken out from the inside. The weight of the snow alone would have done way more damage than what happened to those bodies, and it wouldn't explain radiation to be on this one guy and two of the guys were super experienced uh mountain climbers they wouldn't have pitched their tents in a way of where an avalanche would be and i think a hundred more expeditions in that same area and there has yet to be another avalanche just a bunch of little like weird stuff like that that doesn't really add up i don't want to be a conspiracy theorist but i i just i love thinking about just little unknown shit like that. There's that. There's no answers to. You Go know? ahead. Oh, I thought you had a. Do you have a conspiracy theory? No. Oh, okay. I I love the. I love not having an answer to it. I'm like an edging conspiracy theorist. Like I I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I I don't want the answers, but I I don't want to be right on the edge there. Right. You know. I don't know. You like the thought of the conspiracy theory. Uh, kind of, yeah. I think that's how I, I, I feel, love too. I love like, like, I feel that way about, like, the supernatural a little bit, where I'm like, I don't think I believe in ghosts, but, like, I try to rationalize explanations behind things that right. happen that could be supernatural, but then, mm-hmm. like, if those things are true, then, like, cool, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, I get, I get that. So I had a couple questions for you or thoughts. Okay. So everybody in the group died in different ways. If you had to die in one of the ways, whether it be avalanche, gunshot, being eaten by a creature or turned into a creature, what would you choose? Denise's death. Either that or... Andy. Or Andy. I mean, I would rather not break my legs first and then get shot. That's what I was thinking. I would rather just get shot. I feel like Denise's death was very quick. So I would choose that. Okay, cool. And also I noticed, so we saw camera disturbance or static, like when they were in the tunnels and the creatures were in the tunnels and stuff and they could transport, but that doesn't necessarily explain the camera static when they were outside of the tunnels on the mountain. Do you think it was the mountain itself or do you think the creatures were out there with them transporting around yeah i think it was the creatures okay because when we saw the creatures behind the group earlier they had that same camera interference right so i think it was any time that they were nearby which would make sense because like as soon as they got close to that portal their Mm -hmm. cameras were going like wackadoo yeah and i feel like once they stepped through the portal they kind of like absorbed that energy where they just kind of fuck up i don't know Mm -hmm. The electromagnetic field. Or something like that, yeah. I love that. You could go back and think of all those times you saw the camera static and thought it was just faulty equipment, which somehow their batteries lasted three days with no oh, yeah. recharge. Like a couple weeks ago, take the others that we saw. If you know the ending, you can't really watch it again. It kind of ruins it with the surprise. But with this, you could go back and be like, oh shit, these creatures could have been anywhere near them on this yeah. mountain at any time and and you never knew, you know? I wish there was more little stuff out in the background, like the one shot where you could see the two creatures o- over the ridge. I wish there was more little stuff like that towards the end because you only get, as far as I, we know, that just one shot of like something little hidden. Yeah, like I think that the movie tried to kind of over explain and like oh my god spoon yeah. feed us information about it but overall i liked how all the dots connected like it mm-hmm. wrapped everything up very neatly and it was this weird like you know time loop kind of thing yeah i feel like maybe they had the end of their story and they're like okay how do we connect the end of the story to the rest of the main story and i felt like even if you cut the whole philadelphia experiment out you could still get you know the thought across of like, okay, there's experiments down here and whatever. I just felt like it got way too much of just like trying to follow everything, especially when they brought in the whole Philadelphia experiment. Yeah. Because then you're too busy and distracted thinking, 
okay, we have like 20 minutes left of the movie and like this whole other information package was <laughs> dumped like, on Yeah, us. it was a lot to take in all right. at once at the end. And I don't know if maybe they were expecting us to have like prior knowledge of it, but I personally have never heard of that experiment. See, I did, but it still confused me just as much because it okay. came out of nowhere. I'm like, what the hell is this? I know, because we're like, okay, we're in Russia. Why are we in Philadelphia now? I don't know. <laughs> I think overall, like, I really liked the concept. Yeah. And the twist at the end was good. I did love how they tied that together. It made me feel validated. <laughs> Even you, though my yeah. demonic uh, devil's pass theory did not come yeah, to pass. Yeah, I wish, I wish there was a new name. Oh, I, I gotcha. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't really scary. I <laughs> No. I was... I felt like I was too busy trying to follow along and solve the mystery rather than sit with the horrors, oh, you know? you know what it reminded me of? I'm so sorry to interrupt you. No, no, go ahead. It reminded me of As Above, So Below. Like oh, when yeah. the bunker hit oh. and then like we started getting into that like... Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I don't know. It like has the, the same vibe. The dots. Yeah. Um, I would rather As Above, oh, So Below. For that. sure. <laughs> Um, okay, well, did you have last minute thoughts, questions? That summed up my last thought. <laughs> gotcha. So. Um, okay, so. Did you want to mention that project that this director is working on? Oh my God. Yes. I was going through the trivia and I'll go through actors and directors and writers on IMDb and just to see if they're like, if they've worked on something else that we have seen and not known about. So I was telling Devin that I was looking up the director and next year, 2023, he's coming out with a movie called The Strangers. And it is about, it's about a couple going on a cross country, I guess, vacation or road trip. And they somehow get stuck in this isolated house and they are tortured by three strangers so Devin and I, both of our jaws dropped and we're staring at each other. How could you remake a instant classic as The Strangers? Uh, but then with further reading, it's actually the third movie in The Strangers trilogy, which like, the second one nice is... wrap in with our 50 Nights. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this guy, the director's name is Rennie Harlan, and he actually did a lot. Um, he did. He did A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, mm -hmm. um, Die Hard 2, what the fuck? That's an um, underrated Die Hard movie. Exorcist, The Beginning. I think, I think he's the most accomplished Finnish director. Is he from Finland? Yes. Boom. Good job. <laughs> So that was a really fun tidbit, and mm -hmm. I would be looking forward to seeing Strangers 3. All right. So I asked you if you had a rating, and you said you're going to wing it. What are you going to rate Devil's Pass? Uh, four. Four out of 10? No, four out of 20, because oh, yeah, we always a... rate four out of 20. Oh, four out of 10. Stupid, Joe. Stupid. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it a five out of 10. I was going to say that I was going to feel generous and give it a five, but then I was like, no, the fucking conspiracy theories threw me for a loop, so I, I gave it a four. I was generous, and I, I gave it a I was going to give it a four, um, but Damn I it. I loved all the little, like, the whole orange flare in the sky. I wish that they looped that back in. Like, I wish there was an explanation for that. What do you mean? Because it's not like... The creatures set off the flares, so how are they explaining off the orange lights? I think that was just kind of like a, oh, look, like orange light kind of thing. It wasn't like explained. Oh, I mean, I think it was just, I think it was meant to be like the group in 1959, they had flares, they shot it up, but people far away thought it was weird orange lights. And then the next day... Nine people died in the mountains, so they were just, you know, whole aliens or some shit like that. Uh, but I love all the little, like, connections like that, so I I bumped it up to uh, 
to a five. Yeah, I think I'll stick with a five with this one. Yeah, the writing held me back and the weird love triangle and the like just information dump at the end. Those were just really big negatives for me. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. That would But I thought it was yeah. fun. And like even though I gave it a four out of ten, like that doesn't mean that I'm not recommending it. I honestly <laughs> it was a fun movie to watch and I wouldn't necessarily watch it again. <laughs> But if you've never seen it, I would recommend it. Yeah, it like I said before, it comes in at like an hour 40. So I think it's definitely too long than it needs to be. But seriously, this is just our ratings. They needed to explain all that shit about the Philadelphia experiment, Joe. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, but feel free to check this one out if you want to. Don't let our ratings sway you one way or the other. What do we know? We don't know anything. We're just here to report the news, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) And the news is Devin gives it a 4 out of 10. Joe gives it a 5 out of 10. God, it feels so good to get back to just finding bad... (laughs) (laughs) It is true that the bad ones are more fun. Saturday Morning Mystery, weirdly, is like our second biggest episode, and I don't know why. Like... I want to know, are people finding it because, like, Scooby-Doo? Are they searching, like, Scooby-Doo in podcasts? But, like... It's also our lowest rated movies. Yeah, it was shit. It was a terrible movie. But it was fun because it was shitty. (laughs) So that is it for today. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for listening. If you would be so kind, we would really appreciate it if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us out. And we have an Instagram and Twitter at Fright Partners on Twitter and at Partners in Fright Podcast on Instagram. (laughs) Really threw me off there. Yeah, we are everywhere, I think, that you can listen to podcasts. Well, I mean, if you're listening to this, then you know where to find us already. That makes sense. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Have a great week. And we will see you for my pick next Tuesday. I'm so excited. You guys have a great week.